Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And you're sitting on the couch with us as you do every Wednesday morning here on the wellnesscouch.com, where we talk about love and sex and relationships and emotional stuff that's going on in our love lives and our live lives. <laughs> and Jane and I are doing sensitivity today. To be specific, the phenomenon known as HSP, the highly sensitive person. Now, for myself as a psychic, obviously you can imagine that I am quite a sensitive person just naturally. Jane's got sort of a different journey with her sensitivity, though, and it's one that she was actually quite relieved as an adult to find has been documented and studied by scientists. So I'm actually going to pass over to Jane to start off this topic and to explain to those of you out there who may also be HSP and not realise it what what the, what the details about this is are and, and what's where the symptoms or the trait the, the traits, I call it a trait the characteristics of it are yes yes mind you for many years I was told that it was something really horrible so I grew up as the child who was constantly told don't take things so personally stop being so sensitive um, you're a crybaby take a bucket of cement and harden the fuck up. I'm just going to drop the F word in there because every person who's got this trait knows exactly what I'm talking F-bomb. about. F-bomb. F-bomb. Jane dropped no, it. But it is. Every, people would say that. I know. You can see I'm quite passionate about this. She's quite comfortable with all you listeners now. See, she's right at home with Coming to the living room with Jane. Oh, getting into the gutter. Get out your cup of tea. We'll take you there. All right. Sorry, Mum. She'll be horrified to hear me drop the F-bomb, but there you go. All right. So... This is something that I grew up with where from the earliest of memories, I felt there was something fundamentally wrong with me, that I was different to other people. But when I would ask the question of, well, how do I stop my feelings from being hurt? How do I stop being so sensitive? How do I stop, how do I stop feeling so much? Nobody could give me the answer. Nobody. So I stumbled through life thinking that there really was a big, big flaw in me. Well, now, I want to stop. What did it look like? What does a, a highly sensitive primary schooler or high schooler teenage look like? What, okay, what so initially it starts with um, it can be all of the senses. So it can be things such as a label on the back of clothes. They always have to be cut off. I can't stand it. Uh, it can be certain fabrics are scratchy and itchy on my skin. It can be a sensitivity to everything, to, to food, to sense. Um, it's becoming overwhelmed very, very easily to having massive meltdowns, tantrums that don't stop at two. They just keep going. Um, it can be stop the world I want to get off at any age. So that can be as a, as a primary schooler, it can be a teenager, and it can be somebody that's in their 70s. So how does a highly sensitive person react when, as it happens in the natural course of life, criticism comes your way or a harsh word or a bully at school or something? You can't hold the tears in. The tears start. And this, and we live in a Western world where tears are seen as a sign of weakness, and you just can't. And so you'd cry, and then those around you would roll their eyes and go, here she goes again, the drama queen. And so you try desperately to hold in this pain that you're feeling. You just can't. Yeah. So it creates for many people different personalities. You actually become, you, you create an operating personality to try and cope with this. Yeah. And there comes the inauthenticity of the individual. And so we then go through a journey, whether it's in teenage years or 20s or beyond, where we start to behave in a way that isn't authentic to ourselves, but it's a way that gets us by in the big, cruel world. Yeah, so survival mechanism kicks in 
and it becomes a personality trait which oftentimes might be quite an unlikable one, like a bully. Correct. Very thick skin. Like yes. The opposite can happen. Completely they the get opposite. Very prickly and barbed. You know. That yes. Sort of I'll hurt you before you can hurt me. Correct. Absolutely. So it's often the bully. Uh, so that that's one way it can go. Yeah. The other extreme is the shy person. Now, this actually wasn't me, but I'll get into why that is later. Um, but the shy person, I actually don't believe that there is anything called shy. I think what it is is the person that is incredibly perceptive, that does get overwhelmed and sees too much and feels too much, that they actually withdraw socially from engaging. Social anxiety part of this? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, well, let's get into the science side of it mm. and then we can get into how to how it also presents right. and how to manage it. Um, but this comes from, uh, well, my story was that I tried to manage it as best I could through my teenage years. I then in my 20s got a little bit better at managing it, in my 30s a bit better again. And then I realized that my firstborn child had the same trait. I didn't know it was a trait. I just went, oh, no, of everything that I didn't want my child to inherit, she scored the sensitivity, sensitivity stroke. And so I I started Googling. Now, this would be about 12, 13 years ago. I started Googling a sensitive child. I was hoping to find a forum that there'd be other mums on there that would say, yeah, me too, and just not feel so alone and maybe get a few tips and tools of how to help my daughter. What blew me away was it came up with all these websites that matched this one author called Dr. Elaine Aaron. Right. Now, she, um, when she was studying her PhD, her professor started to suspect that there was perhaps a trait known as sensitivity. So he suggested that she did her thesis on it. So as she did her PhD, she came across, like I say, she did this amazing research, groundbreaking research, probably about 15 years ago, I think, and discovered that 20% of the population are what's known as highly sensitive. But the interesting thing is it's not just in humans, it's in every single species. Really? So it's actually the survival of the species. Meaning? Meaning. It's the highly sensitive person that sees a bigger picture. So what happens is that we actually have a different, different, now, okay, you might call me the love doctor, but I actually don't have a PhD, so I don't have a medical de- degree, so I'm going to give the layman's, my layman's understanding of what's physically happening here. Our nervous system, we actually have a different nervous system. So what happens is that we take in, uh, at, if we walk into a room with a non-HSP next to us, we will walk into a room, let's say it's a party, and we will see instantly that couple over there, well, they're explosive, they're about to have a big argument. The room's too hot. How's all that music? How can they stand that music being so loud? The lights are flaring and all happening everywhere. There's so many different sensory smells that I can see. Those people over there look like they're really nice. I might go and have a chat with them. And we take all that information in at the same time that someone walks in and says, oh, I love this song. So I'm thinking there's a really thin veil between what you're describing and full-blown psychic or intuitive behavior as well. Yes. Because if you're walking into a room and reading the situation yes. energetically that instantly without any training or any no it's, training, it's a natural no training, that can lead into full-blown psychic. Oh, it absolutely can. With, yeah. So because most One psychics ha- work to highly sensitive children, of absolutely. Course. Yeah. Well, 100% of psychics are oh, highly sensitive. They've got this. Okay, so see, this is why it's so interesting, Jane, because when you describe all that stuff, and you'll see, I don't have any of those traits, and I'm completely psychic. I just what I do for a living. 
So I have a different take on what highly sensitive is. And you're actually making me really think about this because clothes don't bother me. Loud no, no, noises don't bother me. It, yeah, Lights yeah. don't bother me. It's not the same for everybody. And other people don't bother me because I've I've developed a different set of boundaries in blocking out stuff, I guess, maybe that affects my sensitivity. Okay, so yes. And that's what we'll yes, talk about in Yes, this. which yeah. we will get to how to manage the trait. Okay. Yeah. So the shy person actually isn't the shy person. The shy person is the person that pauses. Okay. That stops to take it all in and process it. So scientifically, apparently we have like five, we're receiving more of a download of information in the same amount of time as those that are not highly sensitive are receiving. Okay. So therefore it is, you've got to pause and download and process that information that you're receiving. So the shy person is actually reading, is actually, I like to change that term shy to highly perceptive. Yeah. So it's the one that says, oh, hang on, let's not press the red button in the, in the, penthouse in the pentagon and blow up the world because hang on i'm seeing a bigger picture here so it's the pause before flight it's the it's the survival of every species that that sensitivity is needed to give a greater picture okay so that's that's kind of what's going on physically it presents in many different ways. Now, if you're starting to suspect that you might be highly sensitive or someone in your life that you love is highly sensitive, Dr. Elaine Aaron has written amazing books, which I highly encourage you to read. If you, like me, grew up being told to not take things so personally, stop being a crybaby and toughen up, you will read, if you get the book, The Highly Sensitive Person by Dr. Elaine Aaron, because there's other authors that have since um, adapted her work and, and gone on and done their own research. The first page will have you in tears realizing that you can be summarized into two paragraphs. When you thought you were alone, that there was something wrong with you. You know, I know highly sensitive people that have been told that they're bipolar, take medication, or that they suffer depression, get medicated, or that they even, they have autism. Um, there's so many different labels yeah. that have been given to this that are incorrect. Jane and I were talking about earlier is, is there's actually a lot of similarities between some of the things of HSPs and Asperger's. Asperger's, yes. So, yes. There's similarities, but the difference, I think, well, oh, I, I don't know loads about Asperger's, although I do have friends with beautiful children that have Asperger's. Um, those friends actually suffer socially. They really can't socialize. They can't get it. They can't read body language. Whereas my understanding of highly sensitive people is that they're usually experts at reading body language. Okay. It's the reverse. It's that they actually, they know when somebody's lying. They know in their core. Yeah. And that's what hurts them so deeply is that people will say one thing and they're giving off an energetic message of another. Right. So that's what the guts of, of where a lot of HSP's feelings are hurt. Yes. yes. Um, so there is also on Dr. Elaine Aaron's website is a very short test. It's like 17 questions. It's very black or white. There's no shades of gray. You either, yes, I ha- don't like scratchy labels. No, I don't. You go through this and this will give you an indication if you are what is known by her research as being a highly sensitive person. Now, I want to get it on the record here too, though, that if you do that test and it says you're not a highly sensitive person, it doesn't mean you're not a sensitive person. It doesn't mean that you're not, you're not psychic. It doesn't mean that you're not compassionate, empathetic, all of those wonderful, rich things. But there is this trait that's really important to be understood because it stops people from living happy, high-functioning lives. So this is now my question. Mm-hmm. Do 
do you have to be born it and be it your whole life or can you become it later in life? And the reason I ask that is because I see obviously through my spiritual practice, there's a lot of people doing work on themselves. They're doing self-work. They're going to practitioners. They're unearthing old demons and old patterns and phobias. They're raising their vibration and their frequency and they're becoming more and more sensitive. They wake up one morning, they discover I can no longer stomach milk. They wake up one morning, they discover I don't feel like watching the news anymore. It's too harsh for me to hear. It makes me feel want to curl up and die, you know? They're, they're waking up in the morning, they're, they're sensing there's something wrong with my with my little dog. So so is it that they were sensitive to begin with, but they had maybe a childhood or an early life where they were raised by a lot of very mainstream people who were just going about their usual day, rah, rah, eating all of the junk food, blocking it all off? Okay, that can be the case, however unlikely. Okay, so there certainly are people that fall into that. The problem with this trait is that you just can't manage it as a child. You can't hide it. Okay. And as much as it's tried to be socialised out, you can get good at faking it, but you actually never really manage it. I wonder if so, the junk food and stimulants and chemicals in your food and stuff actually exacerbates it. Um, I think it actually. It. I actually think it suppresses, suppresses it. it. So a lot of highly sensitive people do suffer from various different self-medication problems. Okay. So you know they will they'll drink too much Cause, alcohol. Cause they're or numbing. They will, right. They're numbing out. Yeah. Stop the world. I'm trying to function. I want to go and be a corporate person. I want to be able to socialize. I want to be, you know, I'm I'm 19 years old and I want to be able to go out and party on with everybody else. Right. I'm 35 years old and I'm wanting to be a good husband and a father and a provider and and I'm really struggling with all of this. Mm, the world is a really harsh, harsh yeah, place. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. So what will happen with, with a lot of these people is that they actually will shut down in life. They'll become hermits because alone time is very, very important to manage their nervous system. Um, they will find that the world is such a harsh place that they'll stop playing. So they often will have careers or jobs that are, are very solitude. They might be the quiet librarian. Now, that's not saying all librarians are HSPs, but, and libraries are actually pretty active, funky places these days. These days. That's probably a bad example. But they will have a job that is very quiet, that they work in isolation, um, that's very uh, no surprises. They know exactly. They go in, they do their job, they go home. They spend a lot of time alone. And for many of these people, it's working for them, but they're actually not happy. They want more, but they don't know how to get out there and live more. Do highly sensitive people easily become targets for things like bullies yes. or control freaks yes. or dominance in relationships, abusers? Or- yes, absolutely. They are definitely targets of, of um, bullies because they get a reaction. Well, easy you can't, you can't control the reaction. That You just can't. The tears coming out like a cartoon. They can't. That's it. There's the reaction. And I watch, you know, and, and since having this knowledge, I've watched, you know, my children in the schoolyard and I can see the child that is going to be the victim. And they are going to be and there's nothing that they can do about it. Because for those listening who don't understand how bullies work, they're like flashes. They do it for the thrill of, for the, the hit, the emotional, whatever they get off the reaction. Right? That's right. And that's why one of the best advice, like when I go in and speak to teenagers, is that we say, you know, if you're being bullied, as hard as it is, if you can just be completely neutral, almost like poker face, and turn around and walk away and give them nothing to interact with, you've won the game. That's it. So that's what I encourage highly sensitive mm. people to do is exactly that. Hold power. Get out. Get out of that arena as fast as you can, mm. but in neutral energy so you're not showing. You're actually just showing an energetic message that says, this is not acceptable behavior. I'm out of here. Yeah. And you just turn and walk away, get out get in your car, cry your eyes out, have all the reaction that you need to have, but do it away from them so that you don't become a continual target to them. Yes. So this is such a big topic. There's so many places that we can go from here. Yeah. 
the good news that I really want to bring is that there is so much positivity to this trait. And that was something that I became very excited about. I'm now really excited to say that both of my children have this trait. Right. Now, whereas um, 12, 13 years ago, I was really horrified that my eldest had it. Now I'm so grateful because there are so many gifts that come with this. And I'm going to rave on about this for a bit because it's a balancing of the scales. You know, when I've had 40 years <laughs> of, of being told, don't take things so personally and there's something fundamentally wrong with you and go and get it fixed. I'm going to say, well, there's nothing wrong with me. And look at me. Aren't I fabulous? Look at the gifts I've got. 100% of people that are born with HSP are creative, 100%, right. bar none. And if you look at the greatest leaders and achievers in every single area in our world, from those in the arts to those, you know, we've got the, the actors, the musicians, the… Olympians. The, yes, the… Um, entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Inventors. You will find the top the top elite few in every single field are HSPs, and that excites me. Well, which is contrary to what you'd think, which is that you need to be very thick-skinned and tough to play the game and get up high. And, and you know, I don't know, I always think of Oprah, but, I mean, she's got to be a tremendously thick-skinned and single-minded person yes. to run that empire. Yes. Could Can she be HSP? She probably has to be to incorporate spiritual content she's incorporated. Yes. So it must be possible to get this balance to be it able is, to it is possible. handle a lot of strong personalities and bullies and people in suits and corporations and boardrooms and still have um, these beautiful gifts that you're talking about, be able to yes. bring them out, not lose them in all of that, not yes. get trampled on. Absolutely. So you know, a lot of our past podcasts actually give tools on how to manage sensitivity. In a nutshell, it's different for every person. Each person needs to find their own balance. It is unique to you. For me personally, sleep. That is it. I can't even try and party. I did all through my 20s. I did a pretty good job of it. But really what I did was I numbed out. I numbed out on work, 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 work. Because when I say party, I worked in entertainment, so it was constant partying. Yeah. But I can't do it. I can't do a 4 a.m. I can't even, I did a 1 a.m. on Saturday night. Yeah, I suffered not, for it. Not just your age, Jane. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's actually a sensitivity thing. I've got to have my sleep. So, for example, I know that if I'm working through the day and I've got to do, I'm also working at night hosting an event. I will schedule in there where I go home and I'll have a siesta. Wow. Siestas is the most powerful, dynamic thing in my life. How did you then cope with having like newborn babies who wake up four times a night? I have to sleep when they sleep. That's it. Okay. Sleep is, without sleep, everything is, is overwhelming. Okay. Everything. Well, I can add the next one, which is alone time. I'm so important. I'm the queen of alone time because I'm an only child and some only, some only children are born in that situation and resist it or are a bit upset about it. They wish they had a brother or a sister and they like to go off and be radically social. I was the happiest and still am to this day all by myself. I can take myself to dinner. I can take myself to the movies. I can sit at home for hours by myself in absolute quiet, not no TV, no radio, just doing my own things and pottering around. And I used to have a tremendous trouble with school camps to the point of, yeah, shaking, trembling, physically sick, wanting to throw up, incredible. I called it homesickness, but I look back now, I wasn't homesick. I was alone sick because I was put into a situation for three days, five days, 24 hours a day with so many kids. You're also, because all highly sensitive people have massive empathy, massive, or empaths as we know from the spiritual world, right. which is where you actually get straight into their energy. And so I can't be around people 24-7. And I actually find that, you know, friendships, Bob Carroll, Ted and Alice, I just can't do it. I can't. 
do it. Yeah. I have to have my alone time. And the times that I know to plan for and struggle are, for example, I love school holidays. I love having my children home. I love the freedom of sleeping in and what are we going to do today in connection and divine family time. But there were, during school holidays, when I don't get my time that I am at home, by myself through the day, I have to schedule time where I'll say to my husband, can you take the children out? Yeah. I need my alone time in my house. Or me time, if you want to call it me time. It doesn't matter what you call it. And I think this is healthy for any person, whether you're HSP or not. I mean, Yes, is, it is. Like all of this is meditation. healthy for everybody. It's, you've got to learn to be comfortable with sitting by yourself in your own skin sometimes, not with the phone on, not, you know, distracting yourself, but actually just being and real present moment stuff, being okay with that. I love that. And, you know, this brings me back to you, you asked the question earlier about you know you're you're having so many clients come to you that are learning to embrace sensitivity yeah this is what's exciting is that see if if, if hsps were born in the eastern culture we're worshipped the sensitivity is is grabbed and embraced and it's special unique gift that that they utilize to the maximum right so we're learning that those that are not sensitive are wanting to tune into their sensitivity because everybody can be sensitive. And so what you're seeing is people that are going, you know what, I want more of this. This is more about connecting with my heart, what makes me happy, what brings me joy. And remember that we're in a society that rewards the ballsy, the brash, yes. the louder voice wins, the showier, the money. Western society loves the extrovert. The, the value system is the opposite. So for those who are HSP or are opening up spiritually and becoming more and more fine-tuned, more sensitive, higher vibration, things hurt or affect them more, um, you know, they have to relearn or perhaps even re-establish rules to this new game. That's it. We're rebalancing society right we are. now. We absolutely are, and this is what's happening. So we've got the extreme of the HSP who has actually, most of them, depending on their age, most of them would have tried to get out of that trait and into being extroverted and playing the game that way. But then you're seeing also the extroverts that are going, hang on, this is too much. I'm not wanting this now. I'm wanting to find balance. So we're coming to a place of balance, which is beautiful. And it's interesting that our last week's show was Alpha Beta because that was about us all needing to find the masculine and feminine or the Alpha Beta balance within us, the yin, the yang, yes. the Mars, the Venus, yes. the black, the white, the sun, the moon. And in this same way, we're needing to be strong, have inner and outer strength, go out in the world and get things done, but at the same time, marry the sensitivity with that. And these are all the challenges we're being you know presented with yes. as a spiritual consciously aware 21st century i love it that's fantastic yeah. it's now, fantastic next tool is um and i'm going to talk about this because i'm a former journalist is um reduction of media and faith oh. social media and yes. now now our energetic it, boundaries i call this it is and this is so interesting because like we just said western values you know applaud the louder the stronger the more professional the more successful the same too with politics, media, and I don't even know how, how you kind of categorize that stuff, but it's the loud, it's the in-your-face, it's the commercial, it's the showy. Years ago when I was studying at university, I remember a friend said during a lecture something like, oh, I don't, I don't watch the news. And my lecturer turned around and had the biggest go at her. She said, it is your responsibility as a grown adult in this society to keep up with the politics and watch the news and da 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 And how many people have that opinion? You know, there's something wrong with you if you don't read the newspaper. Well, you we should just had be. to deal with that at school because my youngest was told that they had to go home and watch the news for a week. And she said, we don't watch the news. Yeah. And so I had to write a letter about why 
we don't watch the news. Should we talk about why we don't watch the news? Well, I mean, look, and I was trained in that environment because I went to journalism, didn't I? So my job became the news and I was absolutely, I'd get up in the morning, I'd watch the morning shows, I'd go to work, we'd have plasma TV suspended from the wall, we'd have the TV on 24 hours a day, you'd have radio in one ear, you'd have press reports coming in the other and it was this constant addiction to the belief that information is powerful in, in that just almost like verbal diarrhea just coming at you all the time, uncensored stream of consciousness. And it's all just so hot. It's gossip. It's all hollow energy. And of course, you know, Propaganda. you look at magazines and you look at newspapers and I can say this because I produced the content. I was told what to write and it is what sells and what sells is violence and shock, horror fear. and fear and in your face and um, sensationalism. Yes. And and we know this, you know, sugar-coated up with a bit of, oh, and here's your brownie recipe and here's your knitting recipe and here's your little sports report and, you know, weather. Um, anyway, so I've come on a long journey because I've gone from working in the centre of the beast, in the skyscraper in the middle of Sydney, in the media environment, to living in a house up in the hills that has no mobile phone reception Right, you know, we are completely. I think that's hilarious. How you live like that—that's fabulous. I haven't watched the news for years. I don't read newspapers, and because I am extremely selective with my social media, which means that I hide every feed on Facebook, other than the few authentic people that I choose to know what they are thinking, and I only follow obviously people on Twitter and so forth. Again, that I choose to know what they are thinking. That. The information still comes to me. And I've got a belief that if there's something out there in the world that's that important going on, like a massive earthquake or a movement or something, I will know about it. The universe will find a way right. to let me know. Well, how I do it is I go onto Twitter and see the words that are trending. And then if it says something earthquake, I know. Okay, well, I'll click on that. I choose my news. <clears throat> Jane's going to cough. <coughs> We're all professionals here. Cough, Jane, cough. <laughs> We are already running running out of time, so I'm just going to flick to Jane and say, look, Jane, years ago when you were a suffering, crying <laughs> HSP who didn't really know what on earth was going on, what do you wish somebody could have told you? I wish, oh, that's such a great question. I wish I was told that it's a beautiful trait that I am, I am lucky to have this beautiful gift in my life. I wish it was honoured and respected and utilised and not shamed yeah it's the shame it is years and years of shame that is so wrong it's just so wrong we touched on Brené Brown in another episode who's the TED.com amazing talk. She's also been on Oprah and she's around the place at the moment who specialises in vulnerability and she talks a lot about, you know, again, how important it is for society at this point to embrace shame and vulnerability and all of those very, very raw emotions where we do actually reveal um, who we really are and that it's okay and it's, so, it's safe to be that. And that, again, this is about the reconditioning of the re-educating of society, how to deal with these phenomenons and many of these people who yes. walk amongst us. Yes. Look, one of the other things I do want to just touch on with HSPs is that there's also 3% of the population uh, called HSS, high sensation seeking. Now, that's me. I, I, that's why I can be extroverted right. and be a highly sensitive person as well. So what it basically means is that highly sensitive people have a narrower bandwidth to operate from. So if people have got their top emotions of being, you know, excitement, happiness, joy, their bottom emotions of being um, fear, or depression, sadness, anger, the, the, the bottom line, they've got actually a really big 
bandwidth to operate within. For a highly sensitive person, that bandwidth is halved. So they spend their days managing themselves between excitement and joy, but they can get overwhelmed easy Mm. and they can slip into depression easy. So it's managing that bandwidth. And then for a high sensation seeking HSP, that bandwidth is the same width, but it's placed up higher on the ladder where they're constantly seeking stimulation. Right. So that's the other challenge that is there. Now that's also a gift. So it is like everything. Yin and yang, there is balance. Mm-hmm. What I want to do from this podcast is I hope that I've helped balance the well, first off, get the information out there, get the support out there. There are so many tools and forums now on how to manage sensitivity that if this is you or this is someone you love, get to those books, get to those websites, get as much information as you can. Your life will change. Mine did, and my children are being raised completely different so that they know that this is a gift and that this is something exciting that they can use as an advantage in whatever they choose to do in life. Um, And for those of you who aren't HSPs but you do love someone, get the information and understand. They're not trying to be drama queens. They're not trying to make your life hard. They're not meaning to be hard work in friendships and relationships. And HSPs are hard to love. They absolutely are. So it's up to us as HSPs to get the tools to self-love. Self-love and acceptance is so important, which is why I want people to see this as the gift it is and not the shame. Right. Beautiful. I think we'll end on that note. That was absolutely lovely, Jane. It's Dr. Elaine Aaron. Yes. For those who want to go back to the master, yes. the original. A-R-O-N. And I do suggest you start with her work. There's some other great people out there, but her work will really, it'll change your life. Thank you. We hope that we're changing all of your life. Please keep listening to The Love Life Show. We are free every Wednesday on thewellnesscouch.com. Jump on Facebook after the show to continue the conversation. And until next week, I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And have a beautiful, beautiful week. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening. And it's a beautiful 